Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1143, air date November 6th, 2022. All right, good morning. Uh, we're thrilled today to have Dr. Shiva Ayadore with us um, to describe and explain and tell us about the research he's done. Of course, we know that Dr. Shiva has been instrumental in uh, uh, deciphering and releasing information of the 2020 election. Uh, really outstanding work he's done throughout his career. Um, but that's where we really got close with Dr. Shiva. And uh, before that, Dr. Shiva and I had exchanged several um, uh, communications around his lawsuit he had uh, against Twitter. And that was because of his election in a primary election that um, had several flaws. And Dr. Shiva was the first one to actually discover that there's a secret portal on Twitter that was just the elites, the uh, tech giants, the government agencies, and uh, Democrats who were able to, to communicate directly with each other and, and uh, shut down uh, conservative content and shut down his voice um, because he was... Uh, he was uh, infringing on uh, the uh, the monopoly that they had. Anyway, Dr. Shiva, uh, obviously you can explain this much better than we can, but it's just a thrill to have you with us. Great to have you guys uh, also with us this morning. What I want to start with, Jim, is um, you know we have a website, if you remember, that we created at the time of that lawsuit, which was called winbackfreedom.com. That site is literally being updated and people should go look at it. And what I want to do is just sort of step back, Jim and Joe, and just uh, sort of lay this out um, as a continuation of the attack on a U.S. Senate candidate, on the attack of a U.S. citizen. And this attack is basically censorship. And what I want to engage everyone to think about is that that censorship of a U.S. Senate candidate who ran for political office in the United States started in September 2020 and still continues today, before the lawsuit, during the lawsuit, and now. And this is what people are going to have to open their eyes to, is that the Intercept's quote-unquote DHS leaks is actually an intelligence operation. People, people are going to think this, this sounds different. But you're going to see all the evidence of it today. It is a continuation. It's nothing new in the DHS leaks, but it is part of the censorship that started because the Intercept, as people are going to learn very quickly, is founded, was founded and funded by Pierre Omidyar, who is the same person which our lawsuit exposed in the wonderful detail, almost a PhD scientific level systems diagram of Pierre Omidyar's central involvement with the Department of Homeland Security in creating the gateway between government, quote unquote, to fill in the gap between government and big tech so they could launder censorship. That was the heart of our lawsuit discovery. I hate to say it, these plagiarists, these misattributors, these prevaricators at the Intercepts Fang and Lippin style should actually be censored by the Journalist Ethics Committee for what they've done. Because what they have done is pilfered our detailed research, 
not attributed it, manipulated it, and then prevaricated it. And people are going to do understand that. And there's a reason they did this. This is part of an intelligence operation that I just found out a couple of days ago because I was trying to figure out, wow, 200 million, 250 million people knew about our stuff. We added up all the views. We looked at it. You guys covered it. All the independent media covered it. It went viral everywhere. Everyone knew about our lawsuit. Everyone knew that it was us in two years ago, with it, which had discovered what we call the government and big tech censorship infrastructure. No one else did it before us. We did it. And it was shocking because we told Tucker Carlson about it. And I'll have all the emails that's on the site. We told Glenn Greenwald, supposedly the investigative journalist. The ACLU knew about it and they did Zippo. However, they have a problem right now because guys like you, guys like me, independent media, all the videos, all the blog posts are out there. So typically what happens is when these guys try to plagiarize, misattribute, and try to own a narrative, guys like us get squashed because we don't have the volume. But in this case, 200 million people already saw this. So the point I want to make here is that it was government when you go back in 2020, which stole my election in Massachusetts. It was a government which ran those machines under the purview of certification by the National Association of State Election Directors. It was a government that deplatformed me using this censorship infrastructure on September 25th for the first time, and then again on February 1st. Permanent deplatform when I exposed this infrastructure. Then when we got into the lawsuit, the government wanted me to drop all claims against the government and just be happy that I went back on Twitter, which they said would be a historic event. <laughs> this was in May. And in the May 2021 hearing, it is when we exposed, and there were at least a thousand people on that Zoom lawsuit hearing. So if Tucker Carlson and Glenn Greenwald and The Intercept didn't know about that, well, then you should remove your moniker as investigative journalists. It's a disgrace. Millions of people knew about what we were doing and what we shared at that time very, and which you guys covered, right? Others didn't cover it. You guys did. Um, and we covered it was the following. We shared and we published. We were very good about documenting everything because we knew the mainstream media and if people go to winbackfreedom.com. We published on this site, this diagram. Okay. And this diagram is, is, it took a significant amount of effort. And this is, if you go down to the, where the lawsuit is right here, the original lawsuit, people see that this was a lawsuit. And here's the high-res version of the diagram. And I'm going to bring it up here. Can you guys see it, Jim? Yeah, it's a bit small right now. Yeah, yeah let me bring it. Okay. See it. Uh -huh. All right. All right. So when you see in this diagram is... The title is How It Works, How Election Officials and Government Actors Coordinate with Platforms to Silence Speech. Okay? And this is a Secretary of State, a government official, his counsel, who I exposed when she deleted ballot images and was arrogantly saying she could do that. When we exposed her, she and this woman, Amy Cohen, we found out in testimony, all in transcripts, which so-called investigative journalists could easily look up, they're the ones who had Twitter knock me off. 
All right, that's what happened. So in courtroom testimony in October 30th, we have all this. But by May, I had discovered, as you see, Joe, all these playbooks, okay, these documents, which we also published, okay? Everyone see this? All these playbooks here. And these were documents which we were able to sleuth around and find, all these playbooks right here. Now, who created all these playbooks? These playbooks were created by Amy Cohen, Robbie Mook over at Belfer, Harvard, former advisor to Hillary Clinton, Tommy Hicks over at the EAC, okay, Michelle Tassinari, who was the actual Secretary of State's counsel who had me deplatform. Wow. Matt Masterson, who now is being revealed by Fang and Lippenstein, and they did not, which is massively unethical at best, reference us. Eric Rosenbach at the Belfer Center. Again, all these people were involved. Alex Stamos over at Stanford, Chris Krebs, and Kate Starbird, who they referenced, but they don't reference ours because we were the first to expose it. So all of these documents laid out the plan, the map of how they would launder censorship through for the government, so the government's right here, and maybe they don't know how to read logos. There's DHS, there's CISA, and these are all the election officials and the Global Engagement Center. So here's a problem. Here's the problem that we discovered and we articulated first in that lawsuit. And what was that problem? Why did they create this infrastructure, okay? Let's be clear why they created this infrastructure. Governments over here, the people are over here, okay? Let me go back to this sort of, the masses are here. According to the United States First Amendment, the government cannot sense, do censorship on domestic US citizens, domestically. They can do it for foreign, but they can't do it domestically. So they had to fill in the gap by creating non-governmental organizations which would do that long, long censorship. That is the heart of our lawsuit. That is the essence that we discovered, Jim and Joe, in 2020, which now Fang, as you notice, is literally plagiarizing and taking credit for, again, without attribution. And to make that clear, let's go, and we're going to talk about why this level of plagiarism is taking place. It's not about just plagiarizing our work. There's the fundamental reason is to protect the guilt of Pierre Omidyar, the founder and funder of The Intercept itself. Who is a, who's a, who's, which is the organization that pays these two guys who are supposedly making a bogus breakthrough story, which is essentially our lawsuit, but taking pieces of it and not sharing the whole story. And we're going to understand the motivation for that. So if we go here and we now go to the actual lawsuit, which is our lawsuit, which is, by the way, read into the court record, thousands of pages of transcripts, right? which if you are an investigative journalist, you would go look at. You guys looked at them. You guys reported on it two years ago, okay? Right. But, and we were branded as conspiracy theorists. These guys get to have the moniker as investigative journalists and get amplified by the other not-so-obvious establishment media. So let's go look at this. What did our lawsuit, what was the heart of our lawsuit, okay? Because this is where we go to the primary source material. And I'm going to bring it up right here. And this is the heart of the foundations of what we discovered, okay? Two years ago in, the, in this historic lawsuit. So let me go right here. So what are we talking about here? This is what the lawsuit says, okay? It says, starting in October 2017, government officials 
concluded that though the nature of U.S. elections was decentralized, you see, this is a problem to them, Jim and Joe, which was spread across 10,000 jurisdictions and using different kinds of machines and diverse methods, paper and electronic. Even though they were using machines, they were diverse. So this is a problem if you want to centralize it, right? Sure. What's very best defense to cyber hacking. So they're admitting that the diversity and decentralization is the best defense. They needed to eliminate such decentralization, which is a government, because it was a hindrance to their desire to establish and use a centralized infrastructure with non-governmental entities, NGOs, nonprofits, to quote unquote, fill the gap between domestic government agencies who had no power to curtail speech and federal agencies who were forbidden from curtailing domestic speech in order to censor speech by surveilling, blacklisting, silencing U.S. citizens domestically, and thus allow government officials to violate the First Amendment without fear of being sued. You guys see what I'm saying? Sure. That was the entire architecture of our lawsuit, which is, and what we found through all those playbooks. And if you look at, we have a huge chart that's in, in, in my room over here, what we printed it, and every line is meticulously footnoted, as true investigative journalists would do which was submitted also to the courts. And it's all in testimony. And by the way, doctor, this was this was brilliant because nobody else had come up with this at that time, but we all were getting censored. I mean, we watched Gateway Pundit get censored from 2016 to 2020 through Twitter, well, Facebook, everything. It was it was getting crushed. Yeah, and, and the point we is- We sue them because of 231 or whatever, saying, uh, no, these sorry. firms can do whatever they well, want. Not only that, the, the, the Intercept dribble DHS leaks doesn't even go into this detail and there's it's on purpose. It's a dribble. Okay. And look at what Fang puts out there. And, and I just found this DHL sufficiently working on disinformation noted during an internal strategy session that agencies should use third party nonprofits, you see, as clearing house for information. This is our freaking lawsuit. We already had this. And moreover, this clearing house is ISAC, which is in the diagram which was housed at the Center for Internet Security, funded by Omidyar. And they don't know how to use Google. Omidyar is the one who funded the Center for Internet Security. And our diagram comes up pretty much everywhere. Okay? Can you guys see the diagram here? That's Oops. Oh, I'm sorry. Not we, we, we did see it, yeah. Let me share it here, okay? Uh, by the way, isn't Glenn Greenwald, didn't he, wasn't he a co-founder of Intercept? Yes, he was a co-founder, but he didn't fund it. Can you guys see this right now? Yes. Okay. So let me go back to this. So you guys saw what I read from our lawsuit, right? Sure. Well, this is Fang, absolute plagiarism. He's, this is an interesting, they attributed to somewhere else. We'd had this two years ago. And he says, oh, you know, he's saying, you know, there's this ISACs that they created, which are the clearing houses. What he leaves out is that the ISAC is housed at the Center for Internet Security which was the foundation of the communication infrastructure. The manual was funded by Piero Madiar's Democracy Fund, who is the funder and the founder of also The Intercept. All right. So when you look at Omidyar and you want to really get a, a diagram of him, who he is, this is the best. He's got both sides. He starts The Intercept and he's a, frankly an intelligent asset. He's here and he's the one who created funded the Center for Internet Security to define the protocols of how government would complain to these big tech companies using this NGO. You see this, Jim and Joe? This is the in-between, filling in the gap. Government up here, 
and private companies here. And by the way, we just didn't do Twitter. If you go look at our lawsuit, we talked about all of them, Facebook, Google, everything. The diagram had to do Twitter for the judge, okay? I hope that's clear. Sure. All right. Now, if you actually go look at what Pierre Omidyar is about, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's involved. He's a government intelligence asset. He's involved in Ukraine. He's involved in funding the ACLU. He's involved with USAID. He's involved with a technology called Rappler, which watches people's behaviors, can manipulate behaviors. And he's of the fundamental opinion that the masses need to be controlled by him and the government. Okay. So let's really think about Pierre Omidyar. He funded and founded The Intercept. He's the one who basically, these guys get paid from his, right? He's on the board, et cetera. And over here, he's the one who funded and supported the creation of the Center for Internet Security, which was to fill in the gap so we could launder censorship. So if you're doing a thing called DHS leaks and you want all the freaking credit and you want to be an investigative journalist, you better put the mirror up to yourself. Hmm. And they didn't do that. So now the question is, why? What is this all about? So I hope it's clear just to sort of summarize. Right. It was in 2020 through a lot of hard work, through the support of independent journalists like you guys and the millions of 200 million people learned about us. There was no one can say we didn't know. No, this was out there. Thankfully, because we were able to get in here and there through our own pages, et cetera. The Win Back Freedom site, that diagram has been up for over two years. Right. Doctor, I, yeah. I, I have a quick question. And that is, um, it's, it's amazing that you were able to put this together um, uh, back when you did. We're seeing that it was released, you know, uh, by, by Fang uh, this past week and his, and his uh, associate. But um, I... What I was thinking was they they're saying that they got this information from this lawsuit where they released these documents, these these government tech documents um, in the Missouri and Louisiana attorney general's lawsuit uh, to expose um, the censorship uh, cabal. And so what do you say to that? What I say to that is bullshit. That's what I say to that. Absolute bullshit. These guys should remove their themselves as the monikers of investigative journals. Let me tell you what happens. This is classic, classic, classic plagiarism 101. A guy here does all the work. Happens in academia and people get caught. Happened to one of my great professors at MIT. He did some of the earliest stuff on hypersupersonic fluid flow, published it over here. And he told me what they do is another guy, and he was at a small school then. He didn't have the big amplification of a big school like MIT. Another guy here says, holy shit, this guy's done this. In order to steal it, they reference some guy over here who did some similar work, who may have referenced it. They make, they reference that and then they present the whole thing. The Missouri lawsuit guys, that's another thing. They should have also referenced our stuff. You see, you have a set of people. There is also egos and people don't want to attribute the right people. This is what happens in academia. It's unethical behavior. But what Fang and those guys did, they have a problem because 200 million people saw this stuff. But more importantly, is that their associates in the mainstream and not so obvious establishment media, Tucker Carlson, Glenn Greenwald, 
actually knew about all this. They can't say they didn't know about it. It was out there, but more importantly, let me share with you this, okay? The reason they knew about it, if they could have known about it easily two ways, okay? Number one, everyone else knew about it, okay? Number two, this is how they also knew about it. Here's my emails to Tucker, October 20th, about our lawsuit, about when we won our first thing against Twitter, October 30th, please cover it, okay? Then for free speech on Twitter, okay? This is the second thing about what actually happened. Then this is our press first case to show government makes Twitter to silence political speech, okay? And points to all the censorship infrastructure, everything. Got it? So Tucker Carlson, now when his interview, he gives fan all this amplification. Let me go over here. It's all up here. So now he's giving amplification. And this is Tucker Carlson's actual statement in the interview. This seems really like a very important story, which is for some reason being ignored. Do you understand the ludicrousness of this? Ignored by who? It wasn't ignored by Gateway Pundit. It wasn't ignored by all of our followers. It was ignored by Tucker Carlson. He knew it. In fact, we sent him the documents and hundreds of millions of other people knew it. Glenn Greenwald. Okay, let's go look at him. All right. So-called investigative journalists. Well, here's the, let's go to, did I inform Greenwald? In fact, I tried multiple times. All right. So, and I've, um, and I got his direct email address from, uh, you know, a colleague of mine, Noam Chomsky, who I've known for years. And he said, you know, you should let Greenwald know about it. So let's go. I'm sorry about this sort of moving around here, but let's go over to Greenwald right here. So here's Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald knew about our findings as early as and concealed it. Okay. It was on the media. So here's me saying, hey, this is, there's a lawsuit that exposes how Twitter's backdoor enables government to silence political speech. The lawsuit has sustained multiple motions. I talk about the playbooks. I tell him he can even call me. And I give him the website. You see this? And then I have a friend of mine saying, hey, you should call Greenwald. And I say, he's not returning it to me. He goes, well, that's what he did to Snow and you gotta try again. So we do another thing in July 16th. I said, we have not spoken before, but as a follow-up to Noam's recommendations, I've sent you various emails. This is the first lawsuit of its kind which has survived multiple motions to reveal the infrastructure used by government to launder censorship via government actors to private companies. Joe and Jim, you seen this? Yeah. If you're interested on how government silenced a U.S. Senate candidate in the midst of his election, to so on and so on. The network and infrastructure I've discovered documented in my lawsuit should be shared far and wide. While Trump has recently filed a lawsuit aiming Democrats, his lawsuit doesn't address this foundational issue and appears, in my view, to be another Trump effort to raise money, okay? The infrastructure is the exact same infrastructure being used by Biden to launder censorship to Facebook. Please call me, okay? All right. right. And, and then when the Alex Berenson story comes up, people reached out to me. Berenson, again, didn't cover ours. These are sort of these pseudo refusenik elites who knew about our stuff. So what happens here? Now, the, uh, uh, this, this, this stuff comes out. Just like Carlson amplified it, so did Greenwald. Great work by LHS Fang to expose a crucial evidence. Really? I was a freaking, we're the ones who had the evidence, the transcript. We were the actual victims and the journalists. The censorship 
This censorship is not done at the sole or even primary initiative of big tech. It is so often done in conjunction with US government. No amplification of our stuff. ACLU, same thing. Here's the ACLU where my attorney said, you know, you should reach out to them, but they're not going to cover it. Why? Because they had gotten into a process, let me go over here, of being against um, progressives. Sorry about this, right here. We can edit this out um, right here, okay? So at the time, I was, ACLU, by the way, they knew about it, my attorney said, but they weren't going to cover it. And my, one of my attorneys sent me this thing saying, one Sebastian for free speech, the ACLU face an identity crisis. They only cover progressive issues. That's what this article is about. Okay. In fact, the founder lamenting about that. Mm. However, when this comes out, they, along with Greenwald, along with what's his face, Green, uh, Carlson, amplify it. Guess what the difference is? Omidyar gives them a million bucks a year. Uh. Okay. All right. So the bottom line is the evidence is more than overwhelming. These guys knew it and they concealed it. And then they waited, delayed, and now they dribble it out. And so I was thinking about this dynamic, Jim and Joe, like, you know, as a system scientist, I try to understand the generalized picture, right? And the conclusion I came to, and I, and this is where I'll, I'll discuss this thing called the limited hangout, okay? I was trying to figure out why would someone do this, right? And, and I was just remarking as, just as a scientist, just trying to understand this. And I did this for, you know, we have a class that we do. And I said, this is what really happened to us. You have the whole truth, the big iceberg, right? And the little tip of it. That's the whole truth. So what happened here was first they concealed it. I'm talking about The Intercept, Tucker Carlson, Glenn Greenwald, the so-called people who we think are on our side. Then they delayed putting it out there. Then they stole it. And we have every, we've gone through every Sentin and Frank stuff and we've shown how it's literally taken from our stuff without attribution. Then they hijack it. And then they hijack it, put out a little bit of it. Overtly leaving out Pierre Omidyar and leading people to ignorance. So when you can understand this process, I was sitting with my family and others. I'm saying, Jesus Christ, like, I can't believe this. There's got to be a word for this. Like, because I could see what they systematically did here. And um, I was on a call with, um, uh, uh, for my biotech company with some very interesting, very smart scientists, two of them on the phone. And they love to hear about my stuff and they want to talk politics. At the end of it, one of them said, oh, he goes, that is called the limited hangout, what they did to you. It is what intelligence agencies do. And I go, what are you talking about? What's a limited hangout? He goes, that's precisely what you were just a victim of. Okay. So what I did, Joe at, and Jim before yesterday, that's why I, I delayed in to do this call today, is that I went and found out what is a limited hangout. All right. And I want to read this. And I found it Googling. And this is what David Brown says. He's actually at a at, a, at an aid, he, he works at an agency which hires spooks, okay? And this is what it says. It goes, there is a term of art and politics and among intelligence professionals that is known as a quote-unquote limited hangout. Whenever one's veil of secrecy is penetrated, spies or politicians can employ misdirection to distract the public. The technique involves disclosing a self-contained, like the DHS stuff, 
and sensational but relatively benign story to overshadow something more damaging. It's a non-confession with the agency or individual seeming to quote unquote, lay out all the cards on the table, end quote, and a sewage concerns that anyone is trying to hide anything. Upon learning the quote unquote truth as presented, the public is mollified and moves on with no real scrutiny of note, missing the real story altogether, e.g. pure Omidyar, and that the intercept is essentially a proxy for government actors to mollify people. Then he goes on to say it's a kind of public relations pressure valve designed to relieve interest without damaging the larger system. The phrase was popularized during the Watergate scandal when President Nixon and senior White House officials were recorded having used the term limited hangout while discussing the merits of releasing manicured details about the burglary. They would acknowledge certain events and withhold others with the effect of clearing the president, in this case, Pierre Omidyar, of any wrongdoing. Does this make sense? Sounds like what happened. Yeah. It's exact. So what you're looking at, when you look at the arc of our journey with, with this lawsuit, the government has been completely involved and extra governmental organizations like The Intercept and their colleagues, Greenwald, I'm sorry, he knew it. He's got to face up to this or apologize. Tucker Carlson, conceal, plagiarize, misattribute. Oh, the Missouri lawsuit, really? You knew about the Missouri lawsuit, but you didn't know about ours? And you're an internet, you're an investigative journalist. You guys are investigative journalists, Jim and Joe. I'm an investigative, not these guys. These guys work for government actors. And then after this stuff comes out, when I am about to put it back out again with the Elon Musk saying, boom, you put your crap out there and you limit it. And then you have these people amplify it. But they have a serious problem right now, Jim and Joe. We have a movement for truth, freedom, and health, as you know. We have 360,000 people. We have our own data center. We do our own things. We got guys like you. We got other people who do it. We don't need these people. We don't need to bow down to Tucker Carlson or Glenn Greenwald. And that's what this shows. It's time we escalate this movement for truly independent journalism and recognize that the censorship architecture that we discovered in 2020 is still in full place. The person who funded it, Pierre Omidyar, along with Zuckerberg and the Murdochs, they're hidden still, particularly Pierre Omidyar. This was a damage control thing done. So Elon Musk perhaps doesn't find out Pierre Omidyar who bought PayPal is behind it. But what I want to just say is this, to me, the education is this is how in a quote unquote democracy, we are allowed to do all this research like I was allowed to do. I'm allowed to bust my ass and do all this stuff. But they have the safety valve here of these limited hangouts with the peoples like the Intercepts and the Tucker Carlson's who make sure that limited amount of it comes out. They can just say, oh, we get the Pulitzer. They get rewarded. We get deplatformed. We get to be made conspiracy theorists. We get sidelined. But they have a freaking problem right now because... If you go to our site, you know, you'll see that we got this news out and we screwed them and they got a serious problem. And that's why I want people to understand this, because it is the dynamics of deception. This is how they limit real in a, in a, in a democracy and all the stuff we put out there. They can't deny this. These are all the shows, symposiums, and we can probably add to that all the stuff you guys did. How many millions of views your guys got? Right. Right. So they're screwed. 
And it's time to expose these people because we should not sit on our laurels and thank them. Oh, my God, you got the DH. No, this is a limited hangout. That's precisely what they want us to do. Joe and Jim, this is part of not exposing the whole. So they will use their megaphones and contain it. It's disgusting. Not one attribution to our lawsuit. We're the ones who busted our buns. We're the ones who were there risking our stuff. I was the one who was going to get sanctioned by a judge because I wouldn't drop all the other claims. It was our lawsuit that was sealed and I had to get it in by filing another amended complaint. Damn these people, man. They're, they're as bad. It's censorship. They're censoring our lawsuit. They want to bury it. Go ahead, Joe. You need to unmute yourself. Another thing that uh, came up at about that same time period in late uh, 2020 before the election was the Hunter Biden laptop. Yes. And, and we know, uh, as a matter of fact, that uh, there were individuals that were trying to get this this laptop, this information, this laptop to people like Tucker, like uh, Tucker. And um, it never really met the, you know, saw the light of day until after the election. So at right. the same time, they're 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 covering up this story. They were covering up the Hunter Biden laptop. And, and Joe, you bring up a very important point. What we're talking about here, you know, there's a great engineer that I love. His name is Alan McDonald. He was the engineer who actually, you know, in the space shuttle, I used to love to watch a space shuttle launch, you know, uh, and I used to get up early in the morning. And I remember getting up 530 in the morning. I saw icicles on the space shuttle in 86. And I said, well, I hope they're not going to launch it. I've never seen icicles. Anyway, I went to class. And I was in this MIT student center and I see the space shuttle being blown up. Anyway, Alan McDonald was a chief engineer on the side over at Morton Thiokol. And NASA was forcing him, sign off on the launch, sign off on the launch. And he wouldn't do it. He goes, wait a minute, this has never been tested. I can't, I won't do it. He was vilified, demoted. Anyway, he died about a year ago at the age of 83. And he said, the most important thing in life is to tell the truth at the right time so you can affect change. Tell the truth at the right time so you can affect change. Tucker Carlson rarely tells the truth at the right time to affect change. This is not about telling the truth, a half truth, because when we were in the trenches, I as a U.S. Senate federal candidate silenced by the government. Where the fuck are you? Excuse my language. Where are you, Tucker? Where are you, Glenn Greenwald? You wait until after. Because either you have an ego and you don't want to give us the credit, possibly, but I think it's more insidious than that. Mm. And that's what they do. So Hunter Biden's story, you sit on it. Well, Hunter, we know that Tucker Carlson had Hunter Biden write his son a recommendation letter. And you guys probably know other stuff. These guys are part of their elite crowd. They are part of the government censorship network. I repeat that. The Intercept, Tucker Carlson, and their actors are an extension. So our lawsuit continues. I got to update that diagram, frankly. So that diagram should have a diagram going from Pierre Omidyar over to Intercept with all these other people. And this guy, Fang and Klippenstein, whatever his name is, right? What they did was they plagiarized our stuff, concealed it, sat on it, and now got these actors involved to amplify them so they get to own it. We're not going to allow that. The whole story needs to come out and the story of their participation in the censorship. You don't know Pierre Omidyar is involved in this. He's everywhere. He's all over subterfuging governments or, or subverting governments and 
in, in Ukraine, watching people's behaviors, and you don't want to talk about that, and you're the intercept, fearless. It's obvious to me the intercept is an agent set up by an intelligence asset. That's what the intercept is. And we need to all get our head out of you know what and articulate this. And that's why the limited hangout concept blew my mind. And I just learned about this. But it is an intelligence innovation. And that is what they did. Absolutely what they did. Amazing. So is this new information going to be on your website? Yeah. So on winbackfreedom.com, Jim and Joe, I mean, this has been day and night. You know, it's like, it's like I feel like I've done four PhDs since leaving MIT, you know, from the pandemic stuff, which we were the first to expose from the government issue, from the election system stuff, you know. And what I've realized, Jim and Joe, is you can do all this work, but it's really and we've been fortunate because we have this movement, which I want to also, you know, recognize is that the reason we've been successful in making sure they don't squash us is because we're very fortunate because over the last three years, Jim, you know, I've been an activist all my life and I've always felt that you need to build independent movements. So what I did was using my love of technology, my love of knowledge of wanting to share this, we actually built a system called Truth, Freedom and Health. And what Truth, Freedom and Health is, it's a, it's a, a system. It says the man who invented email now delivers Truth, Freedom and Health to make you street smart. So you see things as they truly are. So we teach people the science of systems here, okay? And what is the science of systems? Basically, Joe, we teach people system syncing. By the way, if you go to Pierre Omidyar's website, he says he pushes system syncing. The elites learn how to think systems. It was a aspect of science that developed in the 1900s to teach people in the modern world of complex systems to see the interconnections. It's an actual scientific field, and it has about nine principles. I learned it at MIT as being part of that elite institution. The 10,000 elites who run the world, who advise governments, they know it. Pierre Omidyar knows it. The masses don't know this. This is why, you know, I've been fortunate because of that training to be able to show those diagrams, show this understanding, elicit out the system. So what we've done, uh, uh, Joe and Jim, we have now trained over 360,000 people in the foundations of systems. And so we have people all over the world. I wanted to give it away free. No one didn't want to do it. So we asked people for 100 bucks. And what we've done is we have people of all different backgrounds who learn this now, Joe. But the key thing is we're using this to actually win. And, and part of what we're doing here is precisely what we just saw. You see that ignorance that got created by, by the intercept, which leads actually people to illusion, confusion. And this is where people end up. They get into the left and right or complacent or desperate. Our view is to overcome this. We need to learn the science of systems so people get wisdom. They get clarity. They're able to see the whole. And when you get this, you actually start activating yourself. You start becoming your own independent journalist. Um, and that's what we've done. But it requires people to let go of the old system. So we've created now a movement which teaches people this rocket science of system science. We do regular events. We have a whole community now. And we've created internal technology that people don't need to use Twitter, social. But we use it for our organization vehicle. This is why, um, you know, we, we have the course. We have books and all of this we give away uh, as a part of this entire movement. And then we get people on the ground to be active. So what I can say is these guys, if we didn't have this, we wouldn't have gotten out of 200 million people. It would have just been me doing this. And then, you know, 
clawing my way up and whining, oh my God, they stole our stuff. But we don't have to do that. Now we know the system that they're running, which is to take original stuff. They don't want in a democratic institution, the real stuff coming out there. So they have the safety valve called a limited hang hangout. It's fascinating. It really is. <clears throat> That's fantastic. It's great. And, and I think the gym at the Gateway Pundit for years now has seen how people understand there's a problem. And that's kind of the first step. Something's right. not right. We, we know they recognize it, but they don't know what the next step is. And right. It sounds like you've got a, an, a uh, you've got the answer. Yeah. So what we've done here. So when we updated the win back freedom paid, we lead with this now, as it says, the intercepts, quote unquote, DHS leaks is neither new nor breaking story, but a blatant and desperate cover-up, quote-unquote, a limited hangout. Now you understand it, right? To conceal the guilt of Intercept founder and funder, Pierre Omidyar, who funded the creation of the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, first discovered and documented by Dr. Shiva two years ago in his 2020 lawsuit. We're going to keep putting this right in their face because credit needs to go to the people who are actually trying to make impact, not coming later on and trying to win Pulitzers. And it says that Intercept's DHS leak story is an interception, concealing, plagiarizing, misattribution, prevarication, manipulation of the finding of Dr. Shiva's 2020 historic federal lawsuit, Twitter, you know, Idre versus Twitter, to serve as a limited hangout to conceal Piero Omidyar's Intercept's funder and founder's involvement in the founding and creation of the government big tech sensor infrastructure. So we laid all this out. And one of the things we ask in this, we must ask the question, does Elon Musk know that Pierre Omidyar funded the creation of the government big tech censorship infrastructure discovered by Dr. Shiva two years ago that is still in place at Twitter and every social media company. That's where we're at. So this is bringing it relevant to where we are today. There you go, Joe and Jim. So we That's got some great. But I think what I find is when I, what I saw was, I, I don't have access to Twitter, so I went on someone's Twitter and I was watching We've seen people actually go and attack Greenwald at Tucker and say, what are you talking about? And a lot of these, this was done before. That wouldn't have happened if we didn't have our movement, Jim, and if we didn't have independent journalism like we've been doing, right? Typically, it comes out and people think that was it and they move on. But to me, the story must continue to show that the big discovery that we made with the government involved, with academics involved, with the private companies involved, with The Intercept involved, frankly, needs to be exposed. Otherwise, we're going to be victims to this censorship infrastructure using this thing called the limited hangout. That is part of the censorship infrastructure. So it's really, really important that we get this out and educate people. And I think people are ready to hear it. Just That's why we built the site, you know, to take people down this educational process. Hmm. It, it's amazing information. I think we see limited hangouts uh, all over the place. When, once we start thinking about it, it's not just certainly in this instance, but we see it all the time from the media gaslighting us, the government gaslighting us, and the tech giants spreading their, uh, you know, misinformation, their own misinformation. So this is this is excellent work. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, I, I thank you guys and all the other people who did get this story out. And I think we should pat ourselves on the back as a real investigative journalist and expose these fake investigative journalists who come, Johnny come lately, and they have an insidious plan. It's not something that they're just Johnny come latelys and 
are doing some innocuous plagiarism and misattribution. It's much more insidious. Hmm.